Hey, folks, Dana Lash here with the price of everything going up. Uh, there's one thing that you can save money on, and it's a necessity, of course, ammunition. My friends over at Recoil Gunworks not only have very competitive pricing, but right now they're also giving all of you $20 off of any order of $100 or more. So that makes it a great time to stock up before the end of this year. And you can visit recoilgunworks.com slash Dana and use promo code Dana to get $20 off of any order of $100 or more. Now, this offer is only good for a short time. Now, you know Recoil Gunworks. It's a firearms and ammunition and accessories retailer. They're online, family-owned, Midwest family. Actually, they were born legit in a basement in 2013. Uh, and they think like you. And they're known, actually, for police trade-in guns in great shape. So they, they pick them and, and all that other stuff. And you can buy now, pay later, no interest. They got super competitive pricing. I mean, you just got to go and, and look at everything that they have. And also check out the product restrictions page uh, for, the, for you know those who want to cite state law requirements. Yes, there are certain restrictions and requirements uh, and ammo is shipped to your door where it is legal, including Illinois, New Jersey and Connecticut. So uh, and remember, the vast majority of the country, they don't have re- regulations on restriction of this basic freedom item. So visit recoilgunworks.com slash Dana today. Get a full list of products. Use promo code Dana. Get yourself $20 off any order of $100 or more. And whether you need it in the woods or on the range, Recoil Gunworks gets it there fast. So get $20 off when you use promo code Dana on any $100 order or more at recoilgunworks.com slash Dana. That's recoilgunworks.com slash Dana. All right, guys. Now, you just have to wonder how we got here in the United States to have this be our elections. There are fencing lined up along with dozens of armed police officers manning the fencing. This is the United States of America and has turned into a third world nation style elections. Now, there are also is a large um, drone that keeps flying over uh, surveilling the people. So this is the United States and our elections in 2022. That was Katie Davisport uh, talking about how the DOJ is overseeing a lot of these areas that are having issues with their tabulation machines, just general election issues uh, all over all this week, by the way. Uh, it was definitely something to witness. Um, also wanted to bring you this because when we talked about this last week about a baseball team claiming a win, even though they lost by 10, it, just because they were expecting to lose by 15, this is what they're saying now, listen to this. Do you think so? You think Democrats will? I think it's going to be very close. Oh, okay. yeah. I, I can't predict through it. It's going to yeah. be very close. I think Arizona is going to have one or two victories, surprise victories. Uh, but um, you know, we're the days of us getting blown out are are gone. The question is, are we going to have a uh, control of the House where it's going to be you know maintained by Democrats in a sane, predictable way, or are you going to throw the chaos to whatever McCarthy or one of the other Yahoos ends up taking over? And I think you'd rather have us in charge. Nobody wants them in charge. No. I, look, there's a lot of stuff to discuss, and I, I mean, I'm just I'm I'm trying to figure out how we're going to get all through it. There's a lot. Welcome to the show, uh, Dana Lash here with you. It is Monday. It's November 14th and we still don't have, I still can't sit here and tell you who's in charge of the House. I can't tell you who's in charge of the Senate. I can't tell you any of this and we, because we, uh, we don't know. They're still counting everything. So that's kind of the latest with all of this. Uh, 
and I, I mean, I'm not going to go through every map because I just don't give a rat's ass at this point. I'm just, I'm getting, I have election, I've been covering elections now for a week and a half. It's the same election. So here's some of the stuff that we have. Uh, we have no clue, um, again, with Senate, uh, no clue with House. We're all waiting for December 6th in Georgia to see what's going on there. Uh, what else do we have? I mean, you got a bunch of the same stuff in California, et cetera, et cetera. It was all about the mail-in ballots, which are stupid. And if the Republican Party doesn't move to get rid of them, I hope that we descend into the cess piss pit of hell. I really do. We deserve it. If Republicans can't, then I hope this country implodes and a meteor hits Earth and we all die. I'm done. Really, what's the point? If you're not going to get rid of mail-in ballots, what's the point? Mail-in ballots are stupid. If you're not smart enough to do absentee bat voting or to vote on the, the day of the election or to take advantage of the frillion week early vote in your state, you're too stupid to vote and I don't want you to. You're not smart enough to participate in our system. The end. Done with it. Laxalt lost Nevada. That was the one I actually was, had hopes for. I didn't have us with Arizona and I didn't have with uh, Pennsylvania, but I at least you know, thought that, you know, we were, we were, you know, at least maybe perhaps going to have Nevada and then maybe we'd pick up Georgia. So that's, but we're not. And it's, and it's honestly, and I don't even think recount was, you know, cause something that I, I, I don't even think recount's going to work. I know Laxalt was saying that they're just going to return the exact same votes to the same system. You're just running everything through the same system with a recount. So what's the point? And I think he's right there. I think he has a, a very good point. So this is, I mean, we, we're, we don't know what the hell's going on in Alaska. Nobody knows even that, but it's all the mail-in ballots. It is, it's all of that. The fact that, oh, here's another dump. Here's, you know, another dump. And here's where all the stuff is. Uh, oh, goodness. There's a, you know, a couple hundred thousand votes here. I mean, you in 2018, 163,000 people voted by uh, absentee ballot or early vote. And now in 2020, it's 2.6 million. And then in 2022 midterms in Pennsylvania alone, 1.2 million people voted by mail. It's off the charts. 17 states changed the way that they voted because of coronavirus. Because of coronavirus, 17 states changed forever the way that they vote. That's, I mean, it's insane. Only nine of them actually rolled things back to the way it was pre-coronavirus. And Democrats acclimated to this and went with it. Republicans did not. So if, if the, it was supposed to be, by the way, the mail-in thing was supposed to be a temporary thing that Democrats in, created so that, oh, well, people, you know, if they're worried about a stupid virus. See, this is the thing. This is why you should be so supremely livid over the whole virus stuff. Because the big thing with it is that it's forever changed the way we vote. Not only did they keep your kids in schools or keep your kids at home instead of in the classroom. You know, not, not only they, they did all of this, but now it also has altered irrevocably the way that people vote. And now we have all of this... Uh, Mail all of the mail in voting. I mean, it's just, it's just crazy. And if your state can't kick the uh, whole mail in ballot thing, if your if your Republican Party 
can't get it together. If you live in a red state like in Texas, you don't think we have to worry about it as much. But if you if you live in a state, no more mail in ballots. And if your Republican officials aren't on on par with it, torches and pitchforks. I'm I'm I said the other day I said over the weekend and it's a Rorschach test Rorschach test for the for the stupid and the partisan that we need another tea party because there's a reckoning and I'll leave the internet with its one singular brain cell to figure out what faction of the GOP I'm talking about everyone came to their own conclusion it's funny because like I said it's a Rorschach test if you're stupid or if you're a partisan but if Republicans can't get rid of the mail-in ballots then you're never going to win another election again, ever. And, and for all of the individuals that are out there screeching about election deniers, you know, the Stacey Abrams party, the Al Gore party, the Joe Biden party, the Hillary Clinton party, you know, all those election deniers, so shut up. All those people out there screeching about that, you do not get to say a single word when your Democrat-controlled counties take a week and a half to count votes. None of y'all get to say a single word. Nothing. So nothing from you. So this, uh, no Senate majority. At best, we're gonna, it'll be 50-50 with uh, Kamala Harris breaking the tie. So technically, it's still going to be, we're at status quo. We'll main, we win Georgia and we will maintain status quo. They are going to go all out to win Georgia because they're in a better position than, you know, with everything, with, the, with all of these other races than we are. So we're going to see on that. Apparently, there's 94,285 votes. This was as of yesterday evening, remaining uncounted in Arizona. That's absolutely inexcusable. Inexcusable. There's a couple of House upsets. I don't care. We're going to, I mean, we'll end up taking the House, but I don't think we're, I think all of the polls that said we were going to, even Cook, I think Cook screwed the pooch on this. Because they were the ones who were, they and others were saying, uh, oh, well, no, I think the, 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 what we're going to do is it's going to be a greater expansion. I don't know where all the, this idea came from, where people thought that there was going to be a greater spread than maybe plus two in the Senate. Anyone who told you that is a shyster. And you should never trust them again. I don't give a, I don't care who they are. But... It was never going to be anything but maybe like a plus two, if that. I, I never thought we were going to get to 53. I thought that would be like a miracle to get to 53. Looking at some of this other stuff here, we have uh, Democrats. You have Joe Biden. that he's, he's sat down with Xi Jinping, and they decided to focus on climate. This is how you know this isn't a serious trip. It's not a serious trip. I mean, the we, are we going to just sit here and pretend that we we're, that we don't think that they started the lockdown and pandemic are we just going to pretend that we're just going to pretend that they didn't start and we don't think that they did you're going to focus with the number one polluter and they're building coal plants out the wazoo you're going to sit here and focus on climate with china he forgot what country he was in too when he was over there not xi jinping but biden he mixed up uh he's he was in cambodia and he thanked colombia you know because the cambodians and the colombians apparently look alike i don't know they look alike and it's they're in the same spot they have the same climate I don't know what he was thinking. They speak the same language. I don't know what he was thinking. But he's like, oh, no, no, Colombia instead of Cambodia. So they meet. It's at their G20, and they're talking about seeking. I think it's just all. They spoke for three hours. Who knows about probably about nothing. But to make it to not even bring up coronavirus, to not even bring up the, you know, the, the digital warfare, 
the theft, the IP theft, to not bring up fentanyl, to not bring up another, a number of other of issues with China. It's not a serious meeting. I don't know what you, what you expect with those sorts of relations. That's not a serious meeting. So this, that's, that's what's happening today. He's meeting with these leaders. And in the meantime, as all of this is happening, you have Republicans in the House that are rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic. And they're all talking about who's going to be speaker. I don't even care. You know what? At some point, honestly, I think if someone's going to come on the show and talk about being speaker... Because usually what ends up happening is that we have people beating down the door to come on the program. And then when it's time to ask difficult questions, they can't be found. I think I'm going to remember this because I'm just done with it. This is why I tell you I don't like politicians. I don't like them. They're all advantageous seeking. And I believe that any amount of power corrupts in some way. I don't care who you are. I don't care if, you know, you're the every man from Kansas. A little bit of power will absolutely corrupt in some respect, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Some power corrupts some. And I just, it's just the same thing with every single, I don't know. Not that I'm, not that I'm just learning this. I mean, hi, what have I been doing for how long? But I'm just kind of keeping that in the back of my mind. Just keeping the back of my mind. We have uh, some economic headlines to come out uh, to share with you. Some of the latest as it relates to studies on vaccine and myocarditis. Also, the FTX probe. That's kind of crazy. And the Democrat associations with that. And the GOP infighting. I'm so done with it. And I got to say one thing, too. Because I'm, I'm I'm just done. I'm just done. Everybody is. Everybody's kind of just you know, pussyfooting around with us stuff and act, you know, acting like they're too scared to say anything. The pundits are all garbage. People I see on cable news are garbage. Everyone's so terrified of hurting their ratings or making their power adjacency, disrupting that or getting disinvited to a cocktail party. I'm just, this is why I hate being in DC because you get sucked into all this fakery. So I'll start off with this. This is coming up in our second hour. The Pence remark, I saw this interview. I don't have anything against Mike Pence, but I'm going to tell you something. I think it's absolutely cowardice to stay quiet until it looks like the tide may have turned just enough within the party for you to speak out without consequence. So we're going to start. We're going to start there. We have a lot to hit today. It's a busy, it's a busy Monday and we don't know who's running the country. So that's all. That's all the latest. I know. Aren't you just so excited? Aren't you so excited? There you go. As we get moving here, our partners for this portion of the program, it's our friends over at Hillsdale College. Apparently, everybody needs this course, and especially people who think that some of the polling was accurate this cycle, or the, the especially the ones where it had plus seven for people in Pennsylvania. Never run out of coffee by joining the club with Black Rifle Coffee Company. Black Rifle Coffee Company was built upon the mission to serve coffee and culture to people who love America. As a veteran-owned company, Black Rifle Coffee Company delivers on that promise by developing explosive roast profiles with the same mission focus learned as members of the military, and they're committed to supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders. When you join the coffee club, you select your perfect roast, how much coffee you want, and how often you want it delivered, and it's all shipped right to your door for free. Not only do you save a trip to the store, but you also receive special discounted pricing. You gain access to exclusive products and partner brand discounts. Not sure what roast is best for you? Take the Black Rifle Coffee Quiz and get matched to the perfect coffee roast and then join the club. Visit BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana to save 20% off your purchase in your first coffee club order. That's 20% off with promo code Dana at BlackRifleCoffee.com 
Coffee.com slash Dana. Fuel your life with America's coffee, Black Rifle Coffee. Did you know the tart cherries are an important superfood? When it comes to promoting metabolic health, they are a powerhouse. But if you're not looking to chug two cups of tart cherry juice a day, you need to know about new tart cherry gummies. Tart cherry gummies from the makers of Super B Tart Chews are an easy way to reduce inflammation from exercise, and they support immune health. Just two tart cherry gummies are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries. They're vegan, non-GMO, they have zero sugar, and are simply delicious. Tart cherry gummies come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Try them risk-free for 90 days and see how you feel. If you don't love them, send them back, no questions asked. Right now, you can get up to 35% off tart cherry gummies plus free shipping at buytartcherry.com slash Dana. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's buytartcherry.com slash Dana for up to 35% off tart cherry gummies. Buytartcherry.com slash Dana. All of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. All right, so first up here... What a crazy, insane day. I didn't even know we had a secret space plane, but apparently we do. The X-37B secret space plane finally landed after a 908-day secret mission. And I wonder if this is kind of also what people were seeing when they were reporting stuff. They said that it had... This is one of the things that they're looking at as per... The plane that maybe perhaps went to, could help people go to Mars, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. There, here's the story out of Georgia. Hero Georgia man stopped a kidnapping and a man from choking a young child after hearing a kid screaming, "Please don't beat me!" in the nearby woods. He was getting his oil changed. Kelsey Willis. He was getting his oil changed at the Walmart in Warner Robins in Georgia on November 6. He saw a man forcefully pull out, pull a kid out of a car, follow the kid's screams into the woods nearby where he saw a 67-year-old choking the child. Then he said he pulled out his gun, held Dubé at gunpoint until cops arrived on the scene. So guns save lives. And the uh, 67-year-old pervert is charged with aggravated assault and cruelty towards a child. So guns absolutely do save lives. Alec Baldwin is reportedly suing the crew members on the Rust set. For giving him a loaded gun. He said that lawsuits against him. I mean, he said that the lawsuits were motivated by money. And so now he's suing these crew members. He's claiming that they handed him a loaded gun and that it's their fault. Not kidding you. Not kidding you. And they did catch the suspect in the UVA shooting. We'll have more on that coming up. Stay with us. More next. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. So Democrats will now not only keep Thank the you. governor's office, uh, but also control both chambers in your Michigan legislature. First time that's happened in almost 40 years. What takeaways do you have for national Democrats about your win in Michigan? Hmm. Well, I can tell you, we stayed focused on the fundamentals, right? Whether it's fixing the damn roads or making sure our kids are getting back on track after an incredible disruption in their learning. Hmm. What? 
Yeah, that doesn't even make any sense. So that's is that that's Big Gretch. The fundamentals won the election. I'm not quite sure that that's accurate. And not it's not all not even done anyway. I mean, the fact that it's taking so long to get this counting done is ridiculous. Welcome back to the program again. You're mean curmudgeon with you. I go back and forth. Like I go between don't because I'm not freaking I'm not look, I'm not freaking out about the totals just because I thought that everybody anyone who who was selling you this line that and we I told you this I got hate mail I got hate mail from some folks out there because I discounted the polling that had Oz like super far ahead like the last one that had him plus seven anything that had him more than maybe plus two or three I was like this is a garbage this is a garbage survey it's oversampled purposefully I think it's garbage like it's going to be a it'll be a chance in hell for him to win that election and one of the reasons why it's important to figure this stuff out, I don't, I'm actually not against the squabbling on the right. This is, I'm more ideological. I'm not political. I don't, I hate the power jockeying within the Republican Party because I think all of them are kind of ridiculous. And I, I just don't, do you, are you, seriously, can you tell me how you're going to be affected? How your, how your mortgage is going to be affected? Your gas prices are going to be affected uh, depending on who is the Speaker of the House? On the Republican side. Can you tell me that? Because if you can't, then why does it matter to you? I think it's so much of this is power jockeying and I hate it. And they try to wrap it in with concern overall for the country. And I just reject that outright. I mean, I think Democrats are even more ridiculous. But, you know, we got to have a little bit. We have to have a little you know, bit of introspection here. and We have to have that conversation. Now, this issue, and I'm going to get back into... You know, the mail in ballots and all of this stuff, because the Senate majority, the way it is, I mean, it'll be if 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 Walker takes Georgia, it'll be 50 50 with, uh, you know, that 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 tie break with Kamala Harris. It's going to be preservation of the status quo. And I know that that obviously, I mean, I totally get it makes it upsets people. And it should. But at the same time, you know, I look at, you know, how I'm like, I'm looking right now. I'm, I'm messing with my map here. So uh, because it decided to reset. <gasps> so when you look at, you know, the states that were, I think, the most in trouble. And really, I mean, it came down to Arizona. Because you had Blake, you had uh, Mark Kelly that, that bested Blake Masters in Arizona over the weekend. And it was. Uh, Saturday night, we were at the Folds of Honor event, uh, helping to fundraise for scholarships of uh, Gold Star families for their kids. And that's when I found out about uh, Nevada. I'm like, oh, lovely. So there, there you have that. But um, I knew that I knew it was I knew it was going to end the way that it is. So, you know, if you end up having, uh, you know, you have it go the way that it goes, it's 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 going to be kind of the, the status quo. Do you think, honestly, that Republicans are going to be all in? So if they if they if Democrats take, you know, it'll be fit. They'll have majority. The reason that they can't take the Senate is because they're not going to have 52, but they'll have 51. And, you know, they're going to be able to pick off a couple of weak Republicans for whatever that they need, the mittens and all that stuff. So, you know, that's I mean, I think that I think it's why it's important that Republicans can still win in Georgia. I'm just wondering how many people this is what Democrats are going to try to convince you of. They're going to try to tell you that uh, you need to punish your leadership by sitting out. 
They're going to say, you need to punish leadership by sitting out in Georgia. They're already doing it. I can see it. And I see people already buying into it. Man, I mean, with, with, if, if, you, if people can be that convinced that easily, then Democrats don't even need to steal any votes. They can just get you to do it for them. I, I can't tell you how many people I've said, well, what's the point of, you mean, I'll tell you what the point is. You'd rather have it tied than not. There's still some value there. Remember, these people are vessels. You're not going to sit here and obviously tell me that a guy who's four, and I know he's, I read the bill for the people who didn't, the bill that he co-sponsored in the Senate, and it legit was, and remember, this is Planned Parenthood's own statistics, abortions majority, and by majority I mean 99%, are for uh, birth control, for sexual recreation. And it's actually women that, already, that are a little older and already have a kid. Those are their stats. Don't get mad at me. I'm just the messenger. It's less than 1% that's rape or incest. Fine, have that conversation about the 1%. We're talking about the 99%. He wanted it taxpayer funded without limitation. That was what he that was what was in the bill that he co-sponsored, Raphael Warnock. That's why one of the reasons why George is important. I mean, I don't want to be I mean, don't you have enough going on right now with your bills? I mean, are you not paying enough for gas? Maybe you want to pay some more. I don't know. Maybe I want to pay some more for your Thanksgiving turkey. I mean, good. This is what we're looking at here. Oh, let's go ahead and pay for everybody's college education. Go ahead and pay for their birth control. Abortion is birth control, too. Georgia's important. But you're going to have, like I said, the left is going to tell you, you need to punish leadership. You need to punish your leadership. So don't vote. Stay home. Don't go out there and do it. There's ways to punish leadership. And by the way, I think that there are a lot of people at fault here. And I'm going to talk about that coming up next hour. I'm at that point where I do. I, at first, I, was, I wanted to wait to see more of these votes come in. I think we have enough that have come in. I, we need to have these squabbles because unless if, if you don't want to be successful, then we're not going to figure this out. If you don't ever want to win another election, then we won't figure it out. Meanwhile, Democrats, they're trying to act like this is a mandate. It's not. How is this a victory for them? Do not allow these people to spin this as a victory. They didn't win control of the Senate. At best, they're going to keep it the same. They lost seats in the House. How was this a win for them? They lost a number of governorships. They lost a significant number in, in state legislatures across the country. How, they lost Florida for who knows how long. And I mean lost Florida. Miami, Miami-Dade and Palm Beach going red? Man, that's a major loss. And people, I think there are some people on the right that are eager to help them spin, oh, this is such a big win for Democrats. Do you know why? Because it's grievance politicking. That's what it is. You have pundits, commentary, they go out there, oh, yes, here's your leadership. Not only do we have one boogeyman to fight, but now we have all these boogeymen. That's great ratings. They're going to sell you a bunch, they're going to sell you a crock. That's what they're going to do. So here's why they're wrong. I think the, the fail was anyone claiming that this was going to be a blowout. I mean, I think the red wave. Now, I do think that there are some major developments that cannot be ignored. And these are the most underappreciated aspects of this election. This is what I want you to focus on. Because here's the bright side. Here's the silver lining. The gains made with minority voters and working class. Because this is ultimately where the biggest push is. The fact that you had in Florida Republicans who took the Hispanic vote nationally, 
you have Republicans that are taking the Hispanic vote, black voters as well. Black middle class voters are, I mean, any middle class voter, the working man is by and large moving towards the GOP because they don't like the high taxes. They don't like the shared you know, college debt. They don't like any of that. Who's to blame them? That's a major unappreciated, I think, story in all of this. And it really, you know, when you when you think of it, like Politico had a piece compared with the 2018 midterms, Hispanic and Asian support for the GOP jumped 10 and 17 points respectively. Black voters also shifted to the right. Now, there were some key House districts that Democrats held, but the gains from 2020, which built on the gains in 2016, Republicans built on those. That is a major underreported story from Tuesday. The fact that women are starting to shift towards GOP is another major unappreciated story. The media, have you heard anybody on, on like ABC, NBC, anybody in Legacy Press talking about any of these? They don't want you to focus on this aspect. This is one of the most important stories from the election. The fact that two things, Florida went irrevocably red and that the GOP built on these major gains from 2020. These are huge. The fact that Texas didn't go blue. In fact, my county that I live in, the most conservative, one of the most conservative counties in Texas, one of the most in the United States, Beta O'Rourke actually ended up doing relatively decent back in 2018. Oh, man, he was beaten into a hole in the ground this time around. And that's even after more people moved into this county from California. I think that's incredibly telling. Now, some people might try to convince you, well, these aren't huge. Oh, that's all they have is to talk about this. This is the building block of a greater coalition. Think about it. it is the, it's the, one of the basic building blocks of a bigger coalition. No wonder they got to go to mail-in. This is, it's a, it's a huge point, so do not be distracted from that. I just don't see how Democrats are doing a victory lap on this. Like I said, it is, they had some pretty big losses. In the House, I mean, for crying out loud, that kind of, you know, in the House, that was to be expected. The Senate was pretty much exactly where it was going to be. And one of the reasons why is because you, these were in states where, first off, Pennsylvania and Arizona, these are, these are some big battles. Um, and I do think that we're going to have to have the uncomfortable conversation about candidate too. You know, like I said, I don't, I think it was easier for... Fetterman, because even though he's a 53-year-old man who received an, uh, an allowance from his parents until he was like 50, uh, and he's never worked a job, and he never didn't even buy the bougie loft that he lives in. His sister bought it. So he's never actually had to work for anything, and he cosplays as the everyman wear, because he thinks everyman wear hoodies, so that's why he wears hoodies everywhere. Oh, and to say nothing of, the, uh, of his wannabe Ahmed Aubrey uh, situation where he heard fireworks in a parking lot, decided to grab a shotgun, saw a black jogger, and thought, oh, he's black and a jogger. Must be him. Ran him down and held him at gunpoint. The guy was interviewed by, in local media, and he said, yeah, he held me at gunpoint. I was terrified. And they just kind of shrugged it off. Oh. 
So the reason why, though, because he's from the area. And I do think it counts. I think Oz is a horrible candidate. I said that from the beginning. You go to war with the people you got. I would rather have a horrible Republican candidate that's just going to be an empty vessel for a vote and do whatever he's told to do than a Democrat one. I'd rather have an empty vessel that Republicans can control than a Democrat. Yes. And don't tell me that that's, oh, she said that part out loud. Well, you guys voted out loud. That's what you got in Fetterman. So I don't want to hear it. But there's something to do with, I mean, he was not in that area. There's something to do with that quality. Now, we're going to see how well this is, in, how well, you know, Georgia plays out. Are the Republicans going to be able to get it together and stop the squabbling to pull out that victory in Georgia? Because then that's when I'm going to explode at leadership if they don't do that. There's a lot to hit here. So coming up, this is what we got. Myocarditis risk from vaccine. Here's a new survey. Three times more likely if you got Moderna over Pfizer. What? Yeah, we're going to we're going to discuss that. Plus that FTX probe. It's interesting. Tom and Tom Brady and Giselle got caught up in that. So we're going to get into all of that as well. And uh, Yellowstone premiered yesterday. It's a great show and not everything has to be tribally partisan. I reject that. So we're going to get into all of that. I know it's a lot. We got a lot today. That's just like coming up. That's I actually I'm going to try to get into that just like in the next segment. Rights, immigration, foreign policy and marriage. Folks, these subjects are a big part of political dialogue today and we talk about them often on my show. They're at the heart of so many campaigns this election. But what did our founding fathers say about these issues? We've moved so far from the founders' understanding of government that you'll be surprised by their answers. Right now, my favorite college, Hillsdale College, has the best way to learn about the founders' deep and wise insights into human nature. Join Hillsdale professors Thomas West and David Azarad as they explore the thoughts and ideas of America's founders in Hillsdale's newest free online course, The Real American Founding, A Conversation. So what are you waiting for? The midterm elections are right around the corner, and you need to understand the founders' thoughts about the pressing issues of their and our time. Visit DanaForHillsdale.com to watch the trailer video of The Real American Founding, A Conversation, and sign up for this new, completely free online course. That's DanaForHillsdale.com. DanaForHillsdale.com. Did you know the tart cherries are an important superfood? When it comes to promoting metabolic health, they are a powerhouse. But if you're not looking to chug two cups of tart cherry juice a day, you need to know about new tart cherry gummies. Tart cherry gummies from the makers of Super B Tart Chews are an easy way to reduce inflammation from exercise and they support immune health. Just two tart cherry gummies are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries. They're vegan, non-GMO, they have zero sugar, and are simply delicious. Tart cherry gummies come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Try them risk-free for 90 days and see how you feel. If you don't love them, send them back, no questions asked. Right now, you can get up to 35% off tart cherry gummies plus free shipping at buytartcherry.com slash Dana. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's buytartcherry.com slash Dana for up to 35% off tart cherry gummies. Buytartcherry.com slash Dana. Your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show. Ladies and gentlemen, your lovable curmudgeon here. You know, I do sometimes take time out from politics. If you've noticed, I've tried to take a little bit away from social media over the weekend, just because I don't want to have to strangle anybody, rhetorically speaking. 
So I started, uh, so Yellowstone premiered last night. I think some people are still mad at it because of the Kevin Costner, Liz Cheney thing. Please, please listen to me. If there's one piece of advice that I can give you as a friend, do not overly tribally politicize everything. People are going to, we're going to disagree on stuff. Like, for instance, I'm going to say something that's going to enrage you right now. Disco is one of the worst bits of music ever, ever, ever put on this earth to torture us. It is the sound of Satan. Oh, yes, very strong. I hate disco. I don't get it. I don't like the whole era. We could just skip that, skip that whole, skip over that whole thing in human history. You're probably mad at me, and that's okay. We can disagree on that. Can we agree on lower taxes? Can we agree on being left alone? Can we agree that ACDC is one of the greatest rock bands of our time? I think we can. So, see, we can still be friends. I just can't jet. If you jettison everything and everyone because of a disagreement here or there, we are all going to be lonely people. So now that I've said that, I still like the show. Taylor Sheridan writes everything, and I think he's a machine. I don't think he sleeps. He's got a ranch just out of Weatherford. It's like a couple hours away from us. But I watched it last night. I think it was a little clunky getting started, but the second episode shaping up to be real, real, real nice. And of course, as you know, Beth Dutton is ever present in her form. But it's a very interesting. There's something. There's something depressing about this whole thing, about the the whole episode. And there was also something interesting that I found in there too that went back. I'm not going to give anything away. But you know how sometimes they'll do flashbacks to like a young Beth and a young Rip Wheeler? Well, there's at one point, it was like the first time Beth and Rip went out to a bar and Beth was sitting there and she was explaining to him how men are, she said that society at large is always going to objectify women. And so she could either be a victim of that or a beneficiary. And she likes the powder, power in being a beneficiary. And I thought, in there's the destruction of feminism in one great Taylor Sheridan line. It was good. I loved it. It made a lot of sense. It is a non-woke show. It really is. And I just, so I'm looking forward to the, I just watched the first episode. I haven't seen the second one yet, but I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see the second one. It's very good. There's not a lot on television that I like anymore, unless what's anime, westerns, and horror film. That's pretty much all, all of my streaming services show me. And I do get into some, I've really gotten into Tollywood, RRR. That's a whole other film. That's a whole other thing. Second hour on the way, don't go anywhere. I've talked a lot about the Keltec KSG shotgun over the years, and it's no secret how much I love it. It's become the go-to shotgun for law enforcement and home defense, and for a really good reason. Uh, but why am I such a huge fan of the Keltec KSG? Well, like everything that Keltec invents, it created an entirely new class of shotgun. And the one that started it all is the KSG shotgun. It's the first 12-gauge pump-action shotgun chambered for three-inch shells. And with its dual two mags, offers a capacity of 12 plus one. So that's six rounds in each two plus one chambered. If you prefer two and three-quarter inch shells, even better, because the KSG holds seven plus seven plus one. That's 15 shells. You cannot ignore the downward shell ejection either. It makes the KSG truly ambidextrous and ejects shells away from your face. It's brilliant design. See the Keltec KSG up close and personal at KeltecWeapons.com. That's K-E-L-T-E-C Weapons.com. Again, to find out more, visit KeltecWeapons.com. 
If you want to know what the left's real plan is for your kids, just look at the reaction to the work Patriot Mobile did in multiple school districts in Texas. The left is losing their minds. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative mobile phone provider and a force for conservative values. This is because they take a portion of your bill and fund conservative causes and candidates who believe in the sanctity of life, freedom of speech, the Second Amendment, and they're winning. Patriot Mobile has affordable plans for you, your family, even your business. They offer the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers because they use multiple major networks. Plus, you're supporting conservative values with every call. Visit PatriotMobile.com Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation using offer code Dana. Special discounts are also available for veterans and first responders. Join our movement, make the switch today and a difference tomorrow. PatriotMobile.com Dana. That's PatriotMobile.com Dana, 972-PATRIOT. And what happened to your your husband was was horrific. Do you think that that had an impact on voters as they cast their ballots? I, I don't I know that what people tell me <clears throat> that's anecdotal. And, and uh, we always say it, the plural of anecdote is not data necessarily, but it is a trend in what I'm hearing. But it wasn't just the attack. It was the Republican reaction to it which was what? disgraceful okay and that whoa, 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 whoa. first off welcome to the program your lovable curmudgeon dana lash here welcome back to the program as we all rejoin what was that the speaker of the house talking to dana bash on cnn state of the union she took over for tapper she's saying that the response to the, the republican reaction was disgraceful i mean what was the reaction everyone was like oh that's sad um, you know, hope he recovers. It's a little weird that he was wrestling around in his panties with but somebody, but, you know. We still have conflicting information like they on were, the situation. Yeah, and they were out there blaming everybody on the right for it before we even knew what the hell happened. So, I mean, I think that your reaction to it is disgraceful. The Republican, no, Republicans were like, can you not blame us until we figure out who the panty man is? That would be great. Thank you. It's the panty man. Can we not? Can we just wait to get some more information? What are you eating over there? That smells good. What is that? It's the protein drink. Is it chocolate? Yeah. I smelled the chocolate yeah, immediately. That's how crazy I am right now. I'm like, smells like chocolate. What are you eating? <laughs> Done being healthy. <laughs> chocolate protein drink. There you go. Mm, God bless America. So that's you guys see now how easily I get distracted. I just smelled the chocolate and I was immediately lost. I just don't think it was disgraceful though. People were like, oh, that. what did you want people to do? Where everybody fighting their underwear in solidarity? I don't know. Is that the... But we still don't know everything. We don't! Stop it! We don't know everything! Why are people being dumb? Ah! I got this. I, I, do I, I don't want to have this conversation because I'm trying to get into a better mood. But I'm going to play it anyway. Audio Sunbite 4. Let's do it. Let's rip off the Band-Aid. Whip it off! And I think he's a smart enough guy to know uh, that it would be great to have all the support of this party, of the America First MAGA movement, whatever you want to call it, fully behind him in 2028, then possibly, you know, fracturing it in 2024. I can tell you those primaries get very messy and very raw. We've experienced that before. Um, So wouldn't it be nicer for him? And I think he knows this to wait until 2028. Okay. I know Larry Trump. 
And I, I mean, I like her. I think she's very, I think she's a, uh, an asset for her father-in-law. And I like her husband a lot. I don't have anything bad to say about her, Eric, at all whatsoever. So I want you to keep that in mind. I know these people. See, this is the difference between me and everybody. I know these people and, I, and I'm friends with people or associates with them. And I'm still saying what I, I'm going to say. Uh, so I don't think, first off, no. People have a right to run for whatever elected office they want to run. They do. That's just the bottom line. Um, I don't think that it is helpful to do this. They got, I mean, I think that Trump's got to stop this. You got Everybody, including DeSantis, has the right to run. My friend Kurt Schlichter has a great piece out today. I'm actually citing some of it in a piece that I started writing over the weekend. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this bit to you. Because he gets into, okay, well, let's talk about Trump. Because I don't think, first off, I'm going to dovetail these two things together. Trump is not the Republicans' only issue here. And I say this after watching this uh, Mike, I, I, I watched this, uh, this Mike Pence Q&A, where he came out and he had this remark that... Um, you know, he, he said that his words, he was talking about January 6th. It was an ABC thing. And he said that the president's words were reckless and it was clear he decided to be part of the problem. Pence said that he was upset over a tweet from Trump. He said that, uh, that I mean, he, kinda, he, was, he said that he endangered me and my family uh, and everybody at the Capitol, which I, I mean, we were on air when that happened. And I distinctly remember Trump telling everybody to be peaceful. You can be upset with, I think, how, and you can, fine, have a debate with how hard you think he should have gone, but you can't say that he didn't tell people to be peaceful because he did, and we played it on air live. So I, I'm just really hostile to people telling me that what I lived and what I purposefully played on air and what we talked about on air as it unfolded live didn't happen. So that's the first thing. The Republicans or some people in the Republican Party acting like Trump is the sole problem are really rubbing me the wrong way. When we started the Tea Party back in 2008, it kicked off more in reaction to establishment Republicans than it did Barack Obama. Barack Obama was the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back. We were out protesting against the too big to fail, no child left behind, which paved the way for CRT and all of that stuff. We went out there and we were speaking out against that before all of that happened. And it really, and I think the media purposely misrepresented it as being just in reaction to Barack Obama. He was what, he's big government. We were, it was a protest against big government, period. It's one of the reasons why I was the, I was, I mean, oh my gosh, some people in the Republican Party, if they could have lit me on fire, they would have. There are still pundits today, including over at Commentary and, and elsewhere, who hate me because of it. But I was right. Because there were some issues within the GOP. The same people who created that issue, they were kind of driven out of, of influence 
when we enabled Republicans to take over in 2010. And then without the Tea Party, you would have never gotten Donald Trump. So now all this time, they've been exiled, so to speak, to the outer reaches of influence. Now they see an opening. They think now is the time to come back. And if we can convince everyone that the singular sole problem within the Republican Party is Trump, then maybe we have a path back to relevancy and influence. Because if you're relevant, you have influence. And that's what this is. And when I heard Pence say what he said, I thought it actually, and I've had Pence on this program. I've had Trump on this program. I've had Trump on this program a million times. I've had Pence on this program a couple times. Um, I don't bear the man ill will, but where was this, you know, a couple of years ago? I just think it's it's kind of cowardly. It is. It's cowardly to be quiet about this issue and only speak out about it when you think that there's an opening for a reduced level of, re- of, of uh, pushback to you. When he thinks he can speak without consequence to this issue, then that's when he speaks up. I just have a major problem with that. He just let the palace intrigue go on and on. And then now... He's sitting down doing this interview. He's trying to set the stage for 2024 for himself. Mike Pence wants to run in 24. Make no mistake, he will primary in 24. He has been wanting to run. He decided to play second fiddle in 2016. He really wanted to run. So he's like, I'll be be the party guy. It wouldn't surprise me if there wasn't this understanding between him and some other factions of the GOP that, okay, well, you... You play the second banana now, and then you'll be rewarded later. We'll get behind you for a presidential bid. I wouldn't doubt it. But this is all posturing for 24. That's what this is. He wants to be seen as the guy that, oh, if everything's falling apart, I can be here and you can come to me after. But by being quiet that whole time, that's not leadership. Only speaking when you think that there's an opening for less consequence for you, that's not leadership. That just seems like it's cowardice. I mean, he, I haven't really seen him defend any of the people who have been wrongly attacked, who, the characters of the voters who've been impugned. It's old school Republicanism. And one of the biggest, one of the biggest complaints that people have with these old school polit- politicians is that don't expect us to defend you if you can't defend your voters. If you cannot defend the character of your voters who are being wrong, who are the characters of whom are being impugned as racist or Nazis simply because they want to run their own health care and they want to pay lower taxes and they want to be left alone and be able to have impact in their kids' schools and over what they learn, that's not a Nazi. But the fact that if you're not able to speak out and defend your voter, you have no right in demanding that your voters show any kind of fealty or defense to you. I just have issue with this stuff. And so to this point that Laura Trump made and to my friend Kurt Schlichter's piece, let me share this. He writes, he's saying that it's a, it's a little too easy to think that we're only good if Trump gets up and goes because he says it was out of the Republican Party was out of touch with most voters before he took over, which was why he was able to take over. This is what I've said for years. He says the problems with the GOP that led to Trump will not be fixed even if Trump vanishes tomorrow. He goes, but Trump presents problems and we need to face them. This is my friend Kurt Schlichter's column. He says, we got to be clear because some folks are a bit sensitive when the subject of the ex-president comes up. Get over it. He works for us. We owe Trump nothing. He's a politician. He owes us. I don't care if he resents his unfair 2020 defeat even more than I care when a teenager whines about something that's unfair. Life is unfair. No one was more unfairly maligned than Trump 
And Kurt wrote a book defending him, by the way. He says, but I expect politicians to get it done every time and every day with no excuses. And the operative question is always, always, what have you done for me lately? How often have you heard me all say this? I have said this forever. It's the Jody Watley song from the 80s. Schlichter continues and says, if a politician wants a friend, he can buy a beagle. And if he demands a pass when he starts to fail to cut it, here's a gold watch and a handshake. Enjoy your retirement. He says, Trump was a great president in many ways. The economy boomed. We were energy independent. We were at peace. He got the Middle East to make peace. And the Supreme Court, no establishment guy would have stuck with Kavanaugh as Trump did. And this is all true. He says, someday, some iconoclast historian is going to look back and say, damn, I can't believe how much Trump accomplished in the face of the full-scale assault by the establishment. He saved America, or at least put off our fall a little longer. Schlichter continues and adds, but let's not minimize his failures in failing to win the last midterm. And they are failures, and they are more, and they are just more in a line of them. He says he postures as the head of the GOP, and this is my big point. Kurt writes, he postures as the head of the GOP, and congratulations. That means you get the blame when stuff goes sideways, just like you get the credit when you win. In 2018, we lost a lot of seats, a lot of them. And he gets a big piece of that demerit. In 2020, he lost the election. Kurt says, yeah, I know about some of the issues because I lawyered in the aftermath. He says, but the fact is that crusty senile is in the Oval Office and Trump isn't, so Trump lost. And he adds, in 2022, well, we're still mopping up that mess. No, it's not all his fault. Some of the fault is his. He picked some of the candidates who either lost or ran far behind what they should have gotten. He says he collected a ton of money and then spent barely any of it, which is true. He adds he injected dumb drama into the election by hinting that he would announce the night before, issuing stupid nicknames for Ron DeSantis while we were trying to win, and did not slack off even after the disappointing loss. He adds his cringe insecurity about DeSantis, and he should be insecure, is embarrassing. All of that stuff hurts us in the midterms, and his rumblings about how great he did with his picks were tone deaf and infuriating. He says, I know he can be exhausting, but... He says the ongoing uh, idea that all we need to do to get our Republican mojo back is to banish Trump is wrong. It's convenient and it puts off the deep and searching personal inventory we need to do as a party to figure out how to get the checks in the boxes. And I agree with him. He's right in every aspect of this. And we need people to stop being so sensitive over a politician. I know people don't like hearing this. I'm saying this not for the politician's benefit, but your benefit. If I had to throw a life raft to a politician drowning or you all the voters, I mean, I'm going to pick the voters every day of the week because that's the nature of our republic. They work for us. What have you done for us lately? And anybody has the right to run. We got more. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. I don't know how I feel about this. It's kind of depressing. And I also hate all of these random studies. So they did this study with seniors and they said a third of seniors were asked if you could go back in time to relive a particular point in your life, what would it be? They surveyed over 2000 Americans over age 65 and they found that 36% wished that obviously they had the knowledge in areas like finance and that and health today that they you know that they they wish they would have had it then but they also said that they would mostly opt for their 30s or 20s remembering those years as the happiest of their lives 30 percent or 25 percent and they said that they wish their big their big decision the one if they could redo one decision it would be to save more money invest earlier injure it that makes me literally want to just dump everything else into my Oh, yeah, I have a retirement account. I started immediately. I started with my retirement account when I was 30 years old. 
like, oh, amazing, I'm gonna go dump all my money in that. I get really nervous about stuff. My, let me tell you about the time when I played Animal Crossing with my kids and I ended up being the richest animal in the world because I never spent any of my money. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> we have a, uh, oh my gosh, what happened? USA is gonna make a statement at World Cup in Qatar. They're redesigning their crest with rainbow colors. You know, that's going to stop all the throwing the gays off the rooftops. Look at that. And Dana White at USC is creating a slap fight league. I could win this. You know, they have a slap fight like in the Appalachia, right? In the mountains, they have that. Stay with us. Red meat, black coffee, truth telling. The Dana Show. Your lovable curmudgeon, Dana Lash here. And I've been having, we were talking about, well, we're going to, get into this whole FTC, the whole crypto. Th- I mean, that's, it sounds like, um, it sounds like a, a Netflix series. <laughs> it will be, you know, it will be at some point. This whole debacle, this is crazy. The 30 billion FTX empire was apparently not real. I mean, I don't know how to put it. That's just crazy. I was reading this piece over at Fortune, specifically on crypto, and it was talking about Sam Bankman-Fried's reach in the crypto universe. Well, it was all apparently a facade. This is just nuts. And then it, it's like really hard to not get into conspiracy land. And we're I'm like separating legit speculation from, you know, crazy Bigfoot stuff because it goes the gamut of everything. It's great. But there's some questions about the relationship with Ukraine and investments and Democrats. And we're going to talk all about all of that here coming up. Uh, now, a couple of other things to touch on. The I wanted to put I wanted to play this. Did we play this audio sound by twelve? This was George Stephanopoulos talking to Nancy Pelosi about twenty twenty four. Listen, listen to this exchange. Understand this, we have very vast differences. The Republicans do not support science, so they dis- disregard what we're saying about climate. They don't re- support governance, so they don't want to honor uh, what science tells us in terms of the planet, in terms of, of uh, uh, health care and the rest. So we have some very big differences. There's the, the main event of it all is the presidential. As important as our races are, if, if we were in Las Vegas, we're the lounge act. There, the presidential is the main event, and this will be uh, a, a very di- like important analogy. election, very dispositive right. of the direction our country will go in. That's a weird analogy. That's it's weird, but I do think it was. In, I, I think that they would love to have Trump in 2024. I also think, as I was talking about, Pence and some of these other cats would love to would love to run in 24. One last quick note on this. Because it's, you know, and you're going to have these conversations. It's fine to have them. But don't ever forget that these people work for you. And you have every right to demand results for your support. These people should be pledging fealty to you, not the other way. Not the other way around. You know, and I'm going to say this, too. You can't just you can't jettison Trump out of the GOP and think your problems are going to be solved. The problems that the Tea Party rose to combat are there. And we were successful in taking care of some of them. You know, 2010, that shellacking was brought to you by us. But, you know, with it, it's this is, it's a generational thing. And I think they're you know, they're looking for a way to worm back into power. And I also think that, too, there are people that are in Trump's orbit that just want to be power adjacent. 
They don't really care about what's best for the country. They don't even really care about strategizing. They're just like, what gets us in the green with, you know, either uh, consultancy contracts or something. It's all just such a racket. It really is. But you do have absolutely every right to demand. No, they people need to be pledging fealty to you, not the other way around. And and you can't the people who are like, well, I'm not going to vote if, you know, if Trump doesn't run in 24, I'm not going to vote for DeSantis. She can't be like that. That's just as bad as never the so-called never Trumpers. It really is. Just the same way as you can't say, oh, I'm just not I can't support if that if he ends up being the candidate. You can't do that either. And and so much of this is driven by media and left trying to convince you that your team failed, not just failed politically, but failed you personally. There are mistakes to be shared and there are there are advantages to credit. But I do think that you have clout chasers on the right who are so eager to become the new establishment. They want to expedite this narrative of everyone failed you by piling on. They want to lament that it was this leader or that leader or this state party or this fund or this pack. I, you know, here's a question I was thinking about. Is it easier to tell ourselves that, you know, it, that we were robbed instead of believing that a good portion of the country wanted your kids at home instead of in class? Is it easier to tell ourselves that everybody did us wrong? McConnell did us wrong. McCarthy did, everybody did us wrong. Even Trump did us wrong. Instead of acknowledging that millions of voters maybe prefer record high inflation because, or because maybe they just don't see it, maybe it didn't affect them. No one's asking, asking these questions, so I am. Is it easier? Is there a reason why we haven't walked down that path? Genuinely asked that question. I, it's hard for me to say yes, because look at what happened in Virginia. If Glenn Youngkin would never have won the governor's race, had parents of all ethnicities and all political affiliations. Remember, the first and biggest moms group was started by a Muslim Democrat woman. She's been on the show. If people had not been outraged over what, how the academics, how schools and how kids were treated during the whole lockdown. So it's kind of tough for me to believe that, but maybe, I don't know, but that was just in Virginia. I think we, 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 we do need to ask these questions. There are people who believe that it was better for your kids to be at home and then in the classroom. They think you should pay higher prices at the gas pump. There are people who believe this and they voted the way they did. And I think that has to be addressed. I also think that I saw this conversation. I don't want to point anybody out, but they were saying, well, you know, the Republicans should have run more ads about uh, the taxes and about this and that. I'm sorry, if you have to wait to be told by an ad about the state of your level of taxation, you have failed your basic civic duty to this country. If you're undecided the week of the election, you failed your basic civic duty to this country. I know everybody tiptoes around independence because everybody's so scared as hell of them. I'm not. I don't care. If, you, if you're undecided going up into the election, you're dumb. That's ridiculous. You failed your civic duty. I don't care how busy you think you are. Look, I'm going to tell you something. I have a friend. <clears throat> this was like, well, her kids are a lot older now. But they're a little bit older than mine. 
when I had, when I first started my family, my friend already had four kids, three of whom were triplets. She had two other kids. And this woman was still active in politics and she worked part-time because she, she enjoyed it. She volunteered, she did everything. I, after watching her, middle-class mom, and living my life and seeing what other people have done, I'm sorry, but I don't believe that people don't have the time. I got to tell you, I jumped on my oldest because my oldest was complaining. I said, what have you done with your free weekend? Did you go, who'd you phone bank for? Who'd you get out and knock doors for? And he's like, well, you know, I'm, st-. I'm like, I don't, I don't know nothing. No, there's no excuse that you're going to give me. I'm not going to, you're not going to call me and you're not going to complain. I love talking to you, love you much, but I'm not going to sit here on the phone and listen to you complain if you're not going out there and you're not engaging. Sorry, son, but that ain't how this works. I ain't that type of mama. And he's like, okay, point taken. I'm like, good. So you just let me know when you're going to be volunteering next. I, I, I do think that one of the problems is that there are a lot of people that like to warm their hands by the fire of other people's activism. There's a woman in my community. I don't know how she does it. She works full time. This woman works full time and she was running the call center, GOP call center in my county. No joke. She's got kids in school. I mean, I, it's amazing what she does. And there was, she was sending out the SOS saying, oh my gosh, we only have half the room full one day. Call center's only, and it was like three weeks heading into the election. I'm like, why is it only half full? Where's everybody at? People don't have to do everything, but everybody can do something. That's the whole point. So here's the bottom line. I'm going to move on. You can't just kick Trump out of the GOP and think these problems are going to be solved. I think that that's an, a weak excuse made by weak people. Number two, the establishment would love to use this, exploit this, and worm their way back because they think that there's going to be a vacuum of influence. There's not. So don't get all antsy, y'all. Three, uh, every politician, including Trump, owes us. We don't owe them. I think it's great when they do what they promise to do. But let's not blow, you know, and, 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 and get so over the top. Great, lower taxes, that's as it should be. That means you're doing your job right. I don't want to over-lionize people for just doing their job. You understand what I'm saying? You lower taxes and we have great economic stability. We're a net exporter. These are all great things and that's wonderful. That's your job. You owe us. Four, what have you done for us lately? No one owns us. They don't own our our fealty and we don't owe them that. They owe us. I don't know why there's an exception made for anybody, but there never should be. Don't ever get into that anti-republic way of thinking. And number five, do not let Democrats spin. This is a major victory for them. They lost numbers in the House. They lost Hispanics, blacks, black Americans, Hispanic Americans, female Americans, even lost gay Americans. There were gays voting, gay Americans voting for Republicans more so than black Americans voting for Republicans, Hispanics, women, New York, uh, it was the New York Times and Wall Street Journal, more voting because they wanted limited government, lower taxes and to be left alone. That's not what Democrats are offering. That is a major thing to acknowledge here. Governor's mansions, state legislatures, So what? The Senate literally washed out as we said it was. The House, they lost. What? We didn't gain by what was what 
prognostic uh, the the prognosticators were saying we would. Okay, well they were wrong, but would they Democrats still lost it. Don't let them spin this into being some major victory. Let's all have some perspective here. All right. So now, coming up, we're going to get into that uh, FTX thing. The myocarditis, I got a moment on this. Can I just touch on this real quick? Did you guys see this? A couple of people had it, including, uh, goodness, where was this? In National Institutes of Health. I saw this also over at Examiner, and I saw it at Daily Wire. The myocarditis risk is three times higher from Moderna than Pfizer, according to a study. Now, it was the American College of Cardiology that looked at this, and they released this study showing men and women between 18 to 39 with the Moderna vaccine had a higher rate of pericarditis and myocarditis. Males 18 to 29 had the highest rates after getting the second dose of Moderna. NIH said that patients experienced symptoms of chest pain, fever, fatigue, etc. They looked at researchers pulled data from 3 million people in British Columbia, Canada. And they looked at participants over the age of 18 who had been hospitalized for those issues. And it was within 21 days of having received the second Pfizer or Moderna shot between January 1st, 21 and September 9th, 21. And they excluded anybody that had experienced these issues within one year of getting the second dose. They said within 21 days of the second dose, there were a total of 59 myocarditis cases, 21 after Pfizer, 31 after Moderna, 41 pericarditis cases, 21 after Pfizer, 20 after Moderna. Researchers also looked at rates per million doses. The rate was 35.6 cases per million for Moderna, 12.6 per million for Pfizer. Wow. And they said comparatively, rates of myocarditis in GenPop in 2018 were uh, 2.01 per million in people under age 40, 2.2 per million in people over age 40. Holy cow. Oh my gosh, but you're a conspiracy theorist if you talk about this. It's really hard for me to believe that there are some voters that were okay with us. We have more to come, folks. We got Florida man. Oh my gosh, we got some Florida man on the way. You don't want to miss it. As we get moving on, our friends over at Rough Greens love this company and I love uh, what they make. My dog, lo- oh my gosh, I have to tell you a story. I should be telling you about all their information. So I made Rocco's breakfast the other day. I don't know what I was thinking. I was like doing my coffee at the same time and I forgot to put his Rough Greens on. I'm not kidding you. And he has this bougie food that we mix up and you have to it's like dried food that is reconstituted by adding warm water it's my mom says my dogs eat like millennials so I put his food down and I forgot to put the rough greens in and he walks over and sniffs it and then looks at me and he just looked at me and he's a Frenchie so it's weird and then he sat down sat down and looked at me more and I'm I looked at him like what is wrong with your food I make it better than anybody what are you not eating and then I was I looked back at the counter and I just saw his box of food up and then I realized, oh, I didn't put his rough greens in there. So I went and got the bag, I took his food back up, mixed it in, and then put it back down, and then he ate. It was the weirdest thing. I think he's actually a person cosplaying as a dog. Uh, but anyway, the whole point is that Rocco used to have problems eating. He didn't want to eat. He's a very picky eater. And after he had back surgery, he was losing weight, and we needed to get him on a path to good health. So we started feeding him rough greens. And he immediately started gaining weight. He didn't have any more coat issues. Oh, he was shedding. His coat was so dull. He had some digestive problems. 
and he started eating rough greens, which is a supplement to your dog's food. And it had such a positive impact on his overall health. I can't say enough good things about it. Now, it is it adds these live nutrients as probiotics, enzymes, omega oils, antioxidants, vitamins, and minerals. It'll bring your dog's food back to life. It's a 100% natural blend sourced and made in the USA in an FDA-registered facility. So get your pup back on track to better health. Visit Rough Greens, R-U-F-F, roughgreens.com. They send you a free bag. You just pay for shipping. That's all it is. And the bag's actually pretty big. Uh, visit roughgreens.com. Get your free jumpstart trial bag, R-U-F-F-greens.com. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. <laughs> it's time for Florida Man. I will not, I will for the life of me, I I don't understand why someone chose to do this. In Tampa, WFLA, Channel 8, it said Transportation Security Administration said its employees, they didn't follow standard procedures. A man made it through checkpoint with box cutters onto a flight to Tampa. He was then taken, he got unruly and ended up uh, causing an emergency. And the whole flight had to be diverted to Atlanta. They said that uh, the individual he was it was an unruly passenger etc uh first off how do you even get that in there when you can't even bring like shampoo in i'm really curious about this how does that even how does that happen that you bring like that in i'm just i don't know anyway uh but it was uh yeah it was a florida guy who did it and they said that they apparently he had to be detained on the flight you know, people have like pretty much prepared their whole lives, right? A- after 9-11, for dealing with somebody with a box cutter on the plane. Why would you FAFO? Just saying. Uh, let's see. I got a couple of others. A sword-wielding Florida woman went nuts over a parking spot. And then, um, well, then she immediately had to go to jail. St. Petersburg. <sighs> she exited her vehicle. She's mad. They're fighting over a parking spot. Uh, 41-year-old Kiana Manning, she was fighting with a man over a parking spot in her apartment complex. She got out of her vehicle, approached the the victim's box truck, and she had a sword. Is it a it's two feet in length? Is that a sword or a saber at that point? Two and, feet? Yeah. Ah. She raised it up to his driver's side window and told him, you can get blanked up. Now, the documents that the suspect did not have any intention of killing the victim, but the guy was afraid of being harmed. She was booked on aggravated assault with a deadly weapon charged and uh, placed in Pinellas County Jail. I mean, she just had a sword on her. Just straight up had a sword. This is nuts. A, I don't even want to look at the video. I'm trying so hard not to look at it. A five-foot alligator was found inside of a Burmese python in Florida. So, you know, they've been having these, these hunts for the invasive pythons because they're, they can decimate the ecosystem. And they found legit a five-foot gator inside one of the pythons that was in the Everglades. That is just awful. And from listener Fred, a stepdad pistol-whipped and shot a PlayStation 4 console. I'm going to have that one more tomorrow. Stick with us. We got third hour on the way. Mock and Daisy from Chicks on the Right join me to discuss the frustrating midterm elections and why single women are now overwhelmingly backing Democrats. I'm Sarah Carter. On the latest Sarah Carter Show, we'll also talk about the hypocrisy of the Democrats on the economy and why the left wants to rip apart American families. Join me. Follow the Sarah Carter Show at Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, folks. Dana Lash here with the price of everything going up. Uh, there's one thing that you can save money on, and it's a necessity, of course, ammunition. My friends over at Recoil Gunworks not only have very competitive pricing, 
But right now, they're also giving all of you $20 off of any order of $100 or more. So that makes it a great time to stock up before the end of this year. And you can visit recoilgunworks.com slash Dana and use promo code Dana to get $20 off of any order of $100 or more. Now, this offer is only good for a short time. Now, you know Recoil Gun Works. It's a firearms and ammunition and accessories retailer. They're online, family-owned, Midwest family. Actually, they were born legit in a basement in 2013. Uh, and they think like you. And they're known, actually, for police trade-in guns in great shape. So they, they pick them and, and all that other stuff. And you can buy now, pay later, no interest. They got super competitive pricing. I mean, you just got to go and, and look at everything that they have. And also check out the product restrictions page uh, for, the, for you know those who want to cite state law requirements. Yes, there are certain restrictions and requirements uh, and ammo is shipped to your door where it is legal, including Illinois, New Jersey and Connecticut. So uh, and remember, the vast majority of the country, they don't have regulations on restriction of this basic freedom item. So visit recoilgunworks.com slash Dana today. Get a full list of products. Use promo code Dana. Get yourself $20 off any order of $100 or more. And whether you need it in the woods or on the range, Recoil Gunworks gets it there fast. So get $20 off when you use promo code Codena on any $100 order or more at recoilgunworks.com slash Dana. That's recoilgunworks.com slash Dana. And now uh, that we are back together here in Cambodia, I look forward to building uh, even stronger progress than we've already made. And I want to thank the Prime Minister of Co- for Colombia's leadership and the ASEAN, ASEAN chair. Hmm. Um, what? Yeah, I don't. Oh, my gosh. Well, hi. Welcome back to the show. Just uh, Dana Lash here with you. That's he was. I don't understand how he can confuse Cambodia with Colombia, especially he's talking about Cambodia. And then he goes immediately into Colombia. I'm confused. confused. Well, he's making us confused. (laughs) I don't. I don't know. It's. It's just all weird. Welcome back to the program. I he's well. He's on this G twenty, these or the, the G twenty summit. He apparently he was to be meeting. He met apparently for three hours with Xi Jinping. He talked a little bit about it here. Audio soundbite fifteen. Listen. And uh, you and I have had a number of candid and useful conversations over the years, and uh, since I became president as well. You're kind enough to call me to congratulate me, and I congratulate you as well. And I believe there's a little substitute, though, for to face-to-face discussions. And uh, as you know, I'm committed to keeping the lines of communications open between you and me personally, but our governments across the board, because our two countries are have uh, so much that we have an opportunity to deal with. Hmm. Well, what do you think that they're big? Their big discussion was uh, centered on. 10% for the big guy? Well, I mean, yes. But it's, I mean, you would think, what are some of the big issues that have happened involving China as of late? Hmm? Well, they've been helping out Russia. Mm -hmm. Uh, They've been threatening Taiwan. Mm -hmm. Um, I think even Hong Kong has been threatened Mm -hmm. as well. Uh, They're creating a whole different currency system Mm -hmm. at the moment. And, COVID. and they manipulate their own currency that's currently being used in the global market mm-hmm. um, to, of course, benefit China to the detriment of the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. 
Um, anything else you need? Or? COVID. Oh, yeah, COVID, too. Uh, of course, COVID. I mean, it seemed, there's a lot of big issues there. Yeah. And you know what their big one was? Climate change. They're going to they're gonna talk about climate change. I have, uh, I have some questions. That's, do, first, do, uh, that's just a dumb, that's dumb. I really, I'd like to have faith that my government would say, no, we're going to talk about this lesser issue, but then privately we actually talked about these big issues and we really gave them what for. But you know that that didn't happen. And not with this administration. I don't believe that that happened privately, nor has it happened publicly, as we've seen. It's just dumb to sit here and pretend, sit across from China. I understand you have to try to maintain relations to keep everybody from popping off, but you don't even bring up these other issues. That just is a sign of weakness. You don't bring up someone else's offenses because you're worried that if you bring it up, then the whole, then the accusation of keeping the peace that or breaking the peace is going to fall on you. Wouldn't it fall on the people who committed the offenses to start with? That's such a gaslighting, emotionally abusive narrative. To not ask them, why do you keep making these overtures towards Taiwan? Why do you, Taiwan isn't a part of you. They're their own country. Can we just stop with this like stupid vagary? That'd be great. Or can you stop messing with bats? It'd be awesome. Stop messing with bats. Can you tell us what you put in this thing? I don't know. I mean, just just, there's a million things, but you're going to sit across from the number one polluter in the world and talk about your green agenda. I don't know. Maybe they had to talk about their recent uh, acquisition of that mine in People's Democratic Republic of Congo, the big cobalt mine that Joe Biden and his family firm uh, helped they partnered with Beijing and helped finance that uh, and facilitate that acquisition. Isn't that weird? You have the guy who runs the Communist Party and runs Beijing sitting across from the guy whose company partnered with, and it is his company because the Bidens are all in it. According to the emails with Hunter Biden and his brother and everybody else, let's not let's stop acting like he's not. He's sitting across from the guy who happens to be the president of the United States who worked with a bank that that his communist government uh, created and backs in order to facilitate their acquisition of this, the world's biggest cobalt mine for quote unquote green. China's not green. They just want to control all of the green stuff that Europe and the United States use. It's, do you see how bougie this is? How ridiculously pretentious this is? All these other people want to bend the knee for this new, uh, redistribution of wealth and influence by controlling energy. And so they just say, oh, we're going to do EV everything. We're going to have electric everything. And we're going to need all of these materials that we don't control at all. So China's just buying up influence. If you move to a source of energy that China holds a monopoly on, guess what? Guess who runs stuff? I bet that didn't come up in the conversation on climate. No, they're going to sit here and listen. The United States, which has always led that stuff on that being super polluty. They're going to hear, they're going to what? They're going to pretend that China's like matching them. They're building cold plants like crazy. It's just such a weird, that the fact that they're talking about that, that's the discussion. Do they have to agree to that in order to get Xi Jinping to come to the table? You know, Hunter Biden, speaking of doing, <laughs> let me find this. So Hunter Biden did a Twitter space conversation. Is that like an ask me anything with Reddit? Is what I'm assuming. So Hunter Biden joined Twitter spaces. 
And do I want to play some of this? I, I don't recommend it. No, no, no. I mean, he was, it, it just seems so pretentious because he's sitting in front of his art. And one of the guys, hold up, this is one of, the, is this the guy that runs the Twitter spam? Oh, geez. I don't want to look at NFT profile pictures. This is so stupid. It's a really, it's a pixelated avatar. They're so stupid. They're dumb. I can't stand it. Anyway, so this guy was like, he is, um, he de- he hosts these roundtables. And so they had Hunter Biden on. He's on Twitter spaces. We're trying to re-educate the masses. Listen, just listen to a piece of this because the questions yeah, are hysterical. I'm Hunter Biden. I'm an artist and I look forward to you joining me at Roundtable Space on Twitter on Tuesday, November 15th. I look forward tomorrow. to seeing you there. This is tomorrow. Um, people asked him, do you think you're the smartest man your dad knows? Uh, would you like your computer back? When will your daughter Navy be accepted into your family and invited to the White House? Uh, yeah, somebody goes, ask him, ask what the name of his estranged daughter is. What is his budget for hookers and Parmesan? What is he getting his love child for Christmas? Does he still give 10% to the big guy? This is just a series of words with question marks. Crack? Hookers? Ukraine? Laptop? Ask him why, oh, ask him why his dad and D, why his dad's DNC took illegal contributions from FTX. Oh, uh, oh man, that's rough. I'd I'd be like, why did your sister shower with your dad? I mean, there's a lot of questions to ask there, right? I'd ask that. How much did you get from selling off the cobalt mine in China to, uh, in the Congo to China? I mean, that's what I would like to. I, I'm going to ask that because I don't know if that. Man, the questions, I'm going to put this in your, so if you subscribe to Chapter and Verse, the newsletter, do yourself a favor. I'm going to link this in your newsletter. I might send it out separately by itself tonight because the comments are the most entertaining thing you're going to read today. The people responding to this guy going, what should we ask him? This is what, now there are times to love the internet and this is one of them. The memes alone are amazing and Man, every just it's so like there. there's a I wish I could describe Kane. I'm going to share this meme with you. Kane and Juan. So, for instance, there's one that says because you know how Hunter Biden, whenever he does crack, he I don't know what his obsession with filming himself is. He is he is he, he's an he's so insufferable. He's like the worst not really influencer online ever. And he, like even in, in the deprivation tank, did he sneak those in? The cigarettes and the crack pipe and the liquor. I don't even want to know how because he was naked in it. And this sensory deprivation tank sitting there smoking a crack rock. I think the sensory deprivation tank was for a rehab situation. But the sensory deprivation tank means you're not supposed to have, you're supposed to be deprived of those things. Exactly. You're not supposed to bring your pipe and crack rock in there and your liquor and your recording device. You're not supposed to bring those things in there. He like films himself every doing everything. It's nasty. How can you show your face after something like that? How can you ever? I'm going to tell you a story. My most embarrassing moment. I was a junior in high school. 
and I did all kinds of sports and I wanted, I, you could get a special patch on your varsity jacket if you competed in like four or more, if you were in four or more sports and I was horrible at basketball. So I'm like, I'll do cheerleading because I took dance. I'm like, I'll be able to make cheerleading. So I took cheerleading and uh, made the squad and it was at the big turkey bowl game. So this is like the game. Anyone who does turkey bowl game, y'all know what I mean? Like high school basketball, it's Thanksgiving night. Everybody drinks and eats a ton and then they go to the, the basketball game. Big night. I was in Hillsboro, Missouri. Big night. So we were up, I think, by four. It was a really close game. And so, you know, varsity cheer goes out and we do our thing, you know. Now, at the very end, I did a jump with a kick, right? And this was a real slick court, I should add. Hillsboro, I don't know what you did to your court, but it was super slick. And the next thing I knew, and keep in mind, I am in a packed gymnasium. I do a kick and I realize not one of my legs are up by my head, but now the other is also. And I slipped and fell in the most hysterical way right on my backside in front of this entire gymnasium. The roar of laughter was like a train and one of my one of my friends and fellow squad members grabbed me and was like oh my gosh and we you know got off the court and it, I mean it took months to live it down I did not want to like be out in public I was so embarrassed I didn't want to do anything this guy is flabby and naked running around with hookers and blow embarrassing his dad and he's like sure i'll show up to the white house easter egg roll it's all about jesus isn't it <laughs> my latest video of me smoking crack and slapping hookers backsides is out <laughs> let's go roll eggs for jesus i mean that's him he has no self-awareness i just don't get it anyway so this meme it says hunter biden every time he buys crack and hookers and it's a guy with a helmet and he's got all these cameras attached to it because that's him <laughs> Every why does he film so many illegal activities? That's the question of the day. It is the question. So, yeah, somebody was like, "Did his dad shower with just him, or and or was it with just Ashley? Was it him and Ashley? Like, who is better in bed, his stepmom or his niece?" Someone asked that. Oh my gosh, guys, I can't even read some of these. So I'm gonna set. I'm gonna put this link in because the comments. Comments are chef's kiss because he's doing this Twitter space conversation tomorrow. I mean, he, I just, I can't, man. Oh, man. That's just crazy. I've talked a lot about the Keltec KSG shotgun over the years, and it's no secret how much I love it. It's become the go to shotgun for law enforcement and home defense, and for a really good reason. Uh, but why am I such a huge fan of the Keltec KSG? Well, like everything that Keltec invents, it created an entirely new class of shotgun. And the one that started it all is the KSG shotgun. It's the first 12-gauge pump-action shotgun chambered for three-inch shells. And with its dual two mags, offers a capacity of 12 plus one. So that's six rounds in each two plus one chambered. If you prefer two and three-quarter inch shells, even better, because the KSG holds seven plus seven plus one. That's 15 shells. You cannot ignore the downward shell ejection either. It makes the KSG truly ambidextrous and ejects shells away from your face. It's brilliant design. See the Keltec KSG up close and personal at KeltecWeapons.com. That's K-E-L-T-E-C Weapons.com. Again, to find out more, visit KeltecWeapons.com. 
Mock and Daisy from Chicks on the Right join me to discuss the frustrating midterm elections and why single women are now overwhelmingly backing Democrats. I'm Sarah Carter. On the latest Sarah Carter Show, we'll also talk about the hypocrisy of the Democrats on the economy and why the left wants to rip apart American families. Join me. Follow the Sarah Carter Show at Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Mm, I can't. (laughs) Oh, boy. All right. So first up, this. We have the world's oldest living person, Bessie Hendricks, turned 115 years old. She was born in 1907. She's seen 21 presidents, two world wars, and girlfriends saw the sinking of the Titanic. Hmm. And the ushering in of, like, cars and airplanes. So here's today's logic. Is she responsible for all of them? Because she was there. Literally, that's today's logic today. Uh, Her daughter said, I don't know how to put it into words. Uh, 115th birthday, she celebrated alongside her three children at the Shady Oaks Care Center. And she is the fourth oldest living person in the world. According to the gerontology research group, they they have the records and they certify super centenarians. Anybody who's older than 110. So, I mean, what are your secrets? Please say like whiskey and sweets. It would be great. I don't think that she's like, and I love her face. She's like, I don't even care what I, she's like. I could. She looks like she's a ton of fun. Yeah, she looks great. What for real? What's her secret? vampire like what's up like what's her secret because she does not look that you know 115 uh let's okay so the christmas story house you know how tbs used to play this for on loop for christmas uh, or for thanksgiving so the the actual house that a christmas story was filmed in and they have the new one that's coming out uh it's the famous home it's actually on sale okay so it, the entirety of the whole thing and all the buildings are for sale it's 1.3 acres five buildings on seven parcels and it's in Cleveland, Ohio. It was restored to its former glory. It has all the nostalgic references to the film. Authentic props and costumes are also housed in the museum. The price is not yet listed. And they said that, I mean, it looks, it's actually pretty cool. It's a cool looking house. I mean, it was built in 1895 and restored in 2004. Pretty cool. Stick with us. We got more in store. Biden in the G20 thing. We got that and more. Want a behind-the-scenes look at The Dana Show? Subscribe to Dana's Chapter and Verse newsletter for a deeper dive in all things Dana at DanaLash.com. It's our job to push stuff and, and priorities and take on the deep state and get answers for the voters who voted them in. Your thoughts on that? Well, you're right, Dan, but in addition to getting stuff done, it's stopping bad things from happening. So people can't lose sight of the fact that um, even by the smallest of margins, a Republican-controlled Uh, House of Representatives provides a tremendous firewall against the worst legislative intentions of the Biden administration. Things like the Inflation Reduction Act um, won't happen, can't happen uh, with a Republican controlled House. That's true. Then that's the House is the power of the purse. That's what to remember. Welcome back to the program. You're a sweet, angelic curmudgeon here. Always good to be with you as we roll into the bottom of this third hour. So that's, that's really uh, to be able to contain control. If you're going to, if you're going to have control of something, you would rather have control of the house. If you had to pick, you would want control of the house because all the money, everything comes through there. 
and this would essentially put uh, uh, a chokehold on any big spending projects for the next two years. It does kind of and and with the Senate being what it is, he's and going and then having two years to go into another election, he's kind of kneecapped a bit. So the, that's you know it is a good thing to 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 acknowledge that that's you know even if it's a small majority, it's still a majority, and it means that you know a lot of these projects. Um, you know, that it a lot of these projects are, uh, well, they won't, even if it's passed, you still have to have the House to pass the funding measures, et cetera. It's just not going to happen. Now, um, I can't, sidebar, I cannot believe people are trying to say it's a blue wave. Are you kidding me? How do you lose control of the House and you say it's a blue wave? Who does that? It's not, no, that's not going to. Now, uh, he can try to fill the bench. But the judiciary is going to be uh, difficult for him, especially with the Senate being as close it is, as it is. Uh, so I'm not really, mm, you know, I'm, I'm just not. There's uh, really, I think that Biden will, because you have to have appointments that are still going to come in. You're going to have like, uh, who is it? The, some of the ambassador, Eric Garcetti is the ambassador, the nominee to be the ambassador to India. Uh, there's, you know, a couple of other things I know a lot of people are wondering about the hearings, uh, specifically as it relates to, uh, the Hunter Biden and the trading for influence issue, because that's ultimately what it's about. You kind of want to know if the president of the United States and his family are, uh, effectively using their power and authority in the, in the white house to enrich themselves in business and there are legitimate questions about this, particularly, and I referenced it just earlier, you know, the the Seneca firm that Hunter Biden had created in partnership with the Communist Party of Beijing, and they had one of their uh, communist bank guys be his partner, and that's that entity helped to facilitate the acquisition of that cobalt mine in the, in the Democratic Republic of Congo. So that's a huge issue because that means the Bidens made money off of 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 enriching a geopolitical foe and giving them even greater control over rare earth elements that are crucial to Biden's quote unquote green agenda. And that's, that raises a lot of, that's a national, that becomes a national security issue at that point. And so why wasn't, because the, and that was recent. So why isn't that something that comes up in terms of, you know, Congress being able to question and ask questions, et cetera. So, and the Senate is, in, is, is handles that. So uh, we got some, we got some, uh, that's, that, that's the, that's the, the, I guess the silver lining for the house, but in the Senate, one quick thing, if Raphael Warnock prevails in the Senate, you will lose control of a lot of a lot of committees. There will not be any half and half committees anymore. There will be a lot of democratic majority on committees. And so there will be a, uh, I think there, there, there's you'll see Biden being able to undo some of Trump's judicial agenda or at least, you know, try to make up for it with his appointments. So that's something to keep uh, keep in, in mind here. So he is in the House the way it is right now. It's still too close. Well, it's still close. And we're still trying to there's. We're still counting. I cannot even believe we're counting votes. That brings one other one other thing, and we're going to talk about some of the G20 stuff. The whole mail-in ballots thing, and NBC came out today, by the way. They said that NBC, they project that Republicans will win the House barely. What is it going to be, like 2019 to 2016? 
or sorry, 219 to 216. Uh, I mean, that's so goofy. But the house is super close. I mean, it is super close. Uh, the mail-in ballot issue is such a major, major issue. And that's something that that absolutely has to be remedied by. That needs to be the first thing. Because it's Pennsylvania, Nevada, and Arizona. And remember, all of those changes came because after the coronavirus and the lockdown. People wanted to be able to send ballots in, which are different from absentee, by the way. The mail-in ballots are way different from the absentee, which is different all, you know, all the way around from early voting. Uh, president is in. Uh, he's been meet, Well, he's been meeting. He was in Cambodia, Colombia, as he would call it. He was meeting with world leaders and he was speaking also with Xi Jinping. Did they have the full readout, by the way, of their discussions? Because I know that they were, uh, we had talked a little bit about what they didn't discuss. We have some audio too to hit. But they really, because you have, you have China that keeps saber rattling over Taiwan I really hope that that was a question. We don't, I don't really think that we we know. I don't really, we don't really know. They focused on climate. They're they're agreeing to work the hill. U.S. and China agree to work together on climate, says the White House. They underscored that the countries need. Oh, how many times are you going to say it? They underscored that they need to work together. The resumption of the climate collaboration comes after the countries stopped working together. This is such a stupid news article. The resumption of the climate collaboration came after they stopped working together on the issue. Wow, you think that that's what your earlier part of your sentence meant? You absolute moron. Go back to J school. Jeez. They resumed. What do you think that word means? You don't have to repeat it. It's redundant. And then they kept going. They had previously agreed to work on the... They don't have a story. That's all they know. They know nothing. It looks... I mean, what really, what are they going to agree on, though? Not much. Do you think China's going to they're going to move their position on Taiwan, especially with this weak administration? No, they're not. You think they're going to anything? I've heard that I've seen these stories that they're embarrassed about Russia, so they're not really getting in, you know, involved in anything with regard to Ukraine. Uh, but they don't need to. Now, another quick note as well on the FTC stuff. So Miranda Devine had a story. My friend Ace over at uh, uh, his. He's got a, a great website. He calls it Ace of Spades HQ. I like the headline that he had because he hits on the fact that it is a donor issue. He says, huge Democrat donor loses all of his clients' money, and media pretends that the story is all about crypto. Yeah, yeah there is something to that. He says that, uh, it cites Miranda Devine, Biden's second biggest donor, cryptocurrency billionaire Vunderkin Sam Bankman-Fried, a.k.a. SBF, saw his business file for bankruptcy days after the election, but not before pumping $40 million into the Democrat Party to spend on get out the vote and other shadow ballot, shadowy ballot harvesting mechanics for the midterms. They say the shambolic 30-year-old whiz kid, once said to have been worth $16 billion, 
had spent about $10 million getting helping to get Biden elected in 2020. They said SBF's mother, Stanford Law Professor Barbara Freed, is also co-founder of the of left-wing political action committee Mind the Gap, which has raised $140 million to help Democrats win elections through the same get-out-the-vote grift. They say more unlikely billionaire you could not find, and of course his money was built on thin air. A math genius with poor social skills, SBF reportedly lived in a polycule, a polyamorous relationship with multiple people in a luxury penthouse with about 10 co-workers in the tax haven of the Bahamas where his collapsed crypto exchange FTX was headquartered. They say now Reuters is reporting that between a billion and two billion of customer funds have vanished from FTX conveniently after Democrats safely spent his money. At last report, SBF and his materious co-founder Gary Wang were being held under supervision by Bahamian authorities after reportedly planning to flee to Dubai according to fintech publication Cointelegraph. Reuters reports that between a billion and two billion of customer funds have vanished from FTX. Hmm. Now, Joe Biden was calling for politicized SEC harassment of Elon Musk, but he didn't actually, as Ace notes, mention the name of the guy who once promised to donate a billion dollars to the Democrat Party. Interesting. SBF. Mm-hmm. He does look like he's like socially awkward, doesn't he? And they say, Divine notes, that they, it did impact in, in midterm elections because it funneled millions into the DNC and all these, you know, these, these Democrat PACs, etc. cetera. Uh, so it did actually have a major impact uh, of all those, those midterm races. I mean, just think about all of the PACs that were out there spending cash. There's a ton of them. Uh, what was it? The, looking at just as some, I mean, Oh, project, protect our future, guarding against panda. Oh, my gosh. And he donated to committees that were aligned with Pelosi and Schumer. Uh, he also spent on pro-crypto Democrats like uh, Gillibrand. She was sponsoring a bill to lock Securities and Exchange Commission out of regulating crypto. Uh, they note that he visited the White House. He met with Steve Reschetti, who was a top Biden advisor, uh, according to Free Beacon, which broke that story. And then, so yeah, they've been, they, he doesn't, that explains why he's doesn't hasn't been wanting to move. He doesn't want to move on crypto. Didn't want to move on FTX, but he's totally fine with you know threatening to unleash regulate regulatory abuse on Elon Musk. Very interesting. Miranda Devine said she wrote, "quote The very least the Democrat Party could do is refund the forty million to the people who were ripped off by their crypto benefactor." Yeah, that's the least. Who? No, they're not going to talk about that though. Hmm. They're gonna. They're not going to talk anything about that. So they so the company declared bankruptcy. Their assets they were supposed to have been frozen so that the bankruptcy court could figure out what to do, right? Isn't that how that works? Yeah, but there aren't any assets. Ace notes that hundreds of millions of dollars suspiciously vanished after the declaration of bankruptcy. And this was just days after. So that's so it was leveraging investing. Uh, he writes, which could only continue as long as everybody's willing to park their money with FTX. If they ever ask anything, if they ever asked for, for it, you know, for it back all at once, the company wouldn't have, they would never be able to pay them off. They'd go bankrupt. So that's, you know, which is what happened. Wow. He writes, so the, so Ace writes, so of course Democrats want to regulate crypto, the scary black guns of currency. It's a great line. Uh, fascinating. So yeah, they got for where they spent all the money and then the company goes belly up. Interesting. That's a very suspicious story. The FTX story is very, very suspicious. And, oh man, Kane, you're not going to take me down that road. Stop it.
immediately. Kane I'm does just not saying, pay attention to the next few days. That's all I'm saying. He does not only put tinfoil hat on. He just wrapped himself in tinfoil. Though he just got a space for his eyes. Hey, what I found cozy is my business. What I find cozy is my business. That's your shirt. That's a shirt, man. We have uh, today in stupidity on the way as well. I'm going to link this for you in the prep email. So make sure you go sign up for it at Substack chapter and verse. It's, you know, you get a lot of great stuff out of there. When you're stuck discussing politics with your friends, who's the most informed person in the group? Yep, you are. You're welcome. Listen, follow, subscribe. The Dana Show. Make sure you go find me on Substack, Chapter and Verse, and of course, DanaLash.com as well. All kinds of good stuff there. We were talking about the Dave Chappelle monologue uh, for SNL. I didn't watch SNL, but I watched his. I watched uh, the excerpt of his monologue because I wasn't going to watch SNL. It was just not going to happen. They haven't been funny in forever, and if I'm going to watch something funny or that says it's funny, then I want it to be actually legitimately funny. I can't, I can't stand fake funny. And he opened his routine he took a small little piece of paper and he opened it up and he read quote i denounce anti-semitism in all its forms and i stand with my friends in the jewish community and then he goes in that kanye is how you buy yourself some time that was like most of his his remarks it's kind of interesting that he's sort of turned into the he's become the johnny carson dave Chappelle, i think of the era and what i mean by that is one of the things that carson was very famous for is that he would all he was kind of one of the last people to weigh in on an issue but he always had he did he never he he never went he always had a kind of a different take and you knew that when he weighed in on an issue that was that was like a signal right either something new with it or the end of it or something and Chappelle, in some instances has kind of taken uh i don't think by choice is sort of viewed that way and he had he's so he's being criticized by the anti-defamation league they said he is popularizing anti-semitism and i i mean i watched his i mean i i watched his monologue and it's, I, that's not really what I heard from him. I mean, I did not hear an intention like that from him. I, and I don't really, I didn't hear him or SNL trying to normalize that. Right. So that's kind of weird to, for them to make that, I think, accusation. Uh, it's just, it's the whole thing is, I don't know. We'll we have, we'll talk more about this tomorrow. We're unfortunately out of time today. Kane, today in stupidity. All right, this is a press question this morning for Biden on abortion. Don't expect anything from Democrats this year. Listen. <laughs> I don't think they can expect much of anything other than we're going to maintain our positions. I'm not going to get into more questions. I shouldn't even answer your question. Ooh, yeah. Should have probably did something when you had both the House and the Senate. Now it's kind of toss-up now yeah yeah there you go folks that does it for us tonight i'll be on jesse waters program at the top of the 6 p.m central hour so make sure you tune in have a great night i'll be back with you tomorrow